depression, anxiety, talk about it with me. Strange dreams, same page, safe place, therapy is great, and this ain't the same, but we're crying behind sunglasses anyway. Crying behind sunglasses. Hey y'all, welcome to Crying Behind Sunglasses, a mental health podcast for cool people. I'm your host, Katie Dahl, and wow, y'all, I started these interviews in March. I started the Facebook support group back in March, and it is almost the end of July now. It is almost freaking August? Rude. Originally, I thought that August 1st was when I would be able to be released back into the wild after having achieved all of my quarantine goals. Uh, My goals at the beginning of quarantine were to finish an entire feature-length screenplay, launch this podcast, and get Miley Cyrus's abs. I've only achieved maybe one of those three things, and you can guess for yourself how the other two are going. (laughs) You know, this morning, I think I realized I totally lost it with this isolation things because after I watered my house plant, without missing a beat, in the same voice that I talked to my dog, I said, you're so pretty. Without a shred of irony. I don't know. Anyway, In case this is your first time listening, just a tiny disclaimer, this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for medical advice. I am very much absolutely not a doctor, don't have a degree in psychology. This is just purely meant to make you laugh and make you feel less alone because I got issues, you got issues, just just here to talk about them. So... On to today's episode. This was a really fun one for me. Cash Abdulmalik is a comedian, writer, and giver of the best hugs in the LA comedy scene. And in the episode, we got into his personal experiences with being a black man in America, uh, how punk music and comedy and other kind of aggressive forms of art helped to manage his depression. And also, we talked a lot about his new marriage to the lovely Maria Felix that occurred right at the beginning of lockdown. So being a newlywed in isolation, it's kind of an interesting topic. And how do you keep your relationship fresh and fun when you're just stuck indoors? I'm not sure, but he seems to have it figured out. He also shares a lot of really great advice for by POC people and honestly for all of us as to how we can get through these tough times. So a trigger warning. There are very frank discussions in here about depression, racism, and gun violence, among some other things. And Cash uses the N-word in this, but... I chose to not bleep it because Cash is a black man and he can choose to use that word however he so pleases. And he was using it in the context of someone saying something racist to him. So maybe keep the kids out of the room for that one part. As always, please check out at Crying Behind Pod on Insta and Twitter. Maybe even TikTok, honestly, soon, if someone can convince my millennial ass to join it. And a private Facebook support group is at facebook.com slash groups slash cryingbehindpod. And after you're done listening to this interview, you can go on to cryingbehindpod.com. And that's where I have my really overly detailed episode guides, as well as resources for mental health and uh, places that you can donate for Black Lives Matter. So anyway, uh, without further ado, please enjoy today's episode. Today, I'm so excited. I have... um, a close friend of mine. I feel like all the people I've been interviewing to begin with have been friends of mine because I'm too scared to talk to strangers. You know, this is new. Nah. 
<laughs> That's, That's good. good. Yeah. I think ultimately we all are. That's why we've chosen this this uh, mutated profession. Uh, but the man yeah. whose voice you are hearing is Cash Abdomalik. He is on Future Man. He's on Dave. He's on Baskets. He's all over your fucking television. He has a new movie coming out <laughs> soon called The Nowhere In. Uh, it was at Cannes and Sundance. Excuse me? How am I even allowed to be friends yeah. with you? Uh, also, you have a new movie coming out called John Bronco with Walter Goggins. And there's a short film that Cash created called Lowdown Scheme. You know what? I'm going to stop plugging him and I'm just going to let him speak for himself. Hello. Hi, Cash. <laughs> I would prefer it if I if I didn't talk and you could just keep plugging. That would plug, be plug, great. Plug, 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 <laughs> Yeah, just, just plug, 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 plug. Plug one, plug two. Stay last all. Um, how's I'm it going? fine. I, you know, uh, actually, in this moment, honestly, just very excited to talk to you because I miss, oh, I miss cool. seeing you and and. Yeah, I'm seeing you, you too, man. You give great. the best hugs. <laughs> and that's what, hopefully that's what it'll say on my tombstone. Really? He gave hugs. He gave hugs. That's enough. <laughs> he gave hugs is pretty solid. I think that's a good yeah. A good yeah, out. If, I feel like I, whenever I just would see you outside of the theater or in the street, I would always just be like, Oh, it's cash. He's going to give me a nice <laughs> hug and say something nice to me. <laughs> well, that's nice. I appreciate being seen in that light. That's know. cool. Thank uh, you. But how are you feeling um, today while we're recording this? Today is Juneteenth. Does that resonate with you? Does that make you feel anything? Or how are you feeling about it? I mean, you know, it does... In a way, I think this this year it does more more than than most years. I don't know. I I, I mean, and I I don't want to sound against the green. I'm down with Juneteenth. I am. I very much am. I have a lot of friends who really really dive into it. I don't really dive into it too much. I just kind of like I take everything day by day. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's more about um, the specific day than the overall movement, which obviously is the exactly. point right exactly yeah 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 and it, it's it's especially nowadays it's really just about every constant thing that's happening every uh bit of awareness that people are starting to realize and you know will it change like every single day i see that protests are happening and i'm kind of just like i'm 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 pleasantly surprised and things are changing and as things change i'm pleasantly surprised um you know it's it's been such a long time coming it's 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 kind of in a weird way it's it's very upsetting with everything happening because it's it's i feel like i feel like a lot of us have been complaining about this for a long time and i feel like it's it's cathartic in a way but it's also still upsetting like what i've been doing recently is i've been going online and sharing uh, a lot of stories on facebook and a lot of stories on Instagram of things racial, racially charged and not to say racist, racist things that have happened to me over the years with friends and closer people in my inner circle that I wouldn't have expected it from. Um, a friend of mine asked me yesterday, he's like, is it cathartic? It, does it does it help you? And I said, I mean, it, it kind of does. It, it, I know it helps people. And in a way, it's kind of like a, a perfect analogy is this. It's like. It's like me saying it's like somebody saying that ghosts don't exist. You know, there's nothing like that. There's no there's no ghouls or anything like that. And I'll be, I could be like, oh, dude, my house has been haunted for years. Here's a spirit, you know, and now you see, realize the ghosts are real. But that doesn't take the ghost away from my house. <laughs> so what you're saying you know? is you need. Uh, OK, I get this analogy. Can I can I, yeah. can I uh, yes and you? Sure, by all means. So we all we all have improv history here. <laughs> the, the ghost is in your house still, yes. even though everyone yes. now believes in the ghost. So now right. what we need is the fucking ghost hunters and exorcists and all those people to come in and get yeah. rid of the ghost or tell I mean, the ghost, like go, you know, thank you for your service, goodbye. Ultimately, that would be nice. Here's the thing: I I don't think that I think stopping racism is like stopping. Um, uh, it's like stopping jealousy. I don't think you really can. I think people are going to have their thoughts and feelings about it. I think what we really need to focus on is making sure that the institutions and uh, important facilities in our societies 
don't use racism or don't have racist feelings. If like if you're not, there should be like some sort of a test to see if like like some sort of a minority report test to see if you're not racist or not. There is actually wait, you know what I heard about yesterday? Um, Mm. There is an Instagram account called Pull Up for Change, and they're holding a corporations accountable um, to see like how many black employees they have in their leadership, like at the corporate level. Right. And how many employees they have and what's the percentage. And uh, they're kind of calling out corporations and saying like, hey, show us the receipts. Have, have you been even having black people in work for your company at all? And sure. it's interesting to know that and to see if corporations are willing to reveal. Uh, right. That. I wish it was like I wish it was like a way to just plug into people and be like, hey, you fucked up and be like, nah, be like, OK, cool. But see that, <laughs> you know, yeah. And the stories. So I did read. <laughs> <laughs> I t- like the stories that I read on your Facebook, uh, I especially the one about your friend. I mean, it, basically, it, it it really hit a nerve for me because I can I can understand on a much smaller level when you have a friend for years and you think that that they're cool and mm-hmm. that you that you can trust them. Right. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. years later, they reveal themselves to be this t- terrible monster of a human being yeah so pretty much what happened was um uh from back when i was in a band um this guy was really close with us really just you know kind of like a uh an extra member or something like that and we uh we had a little bit of a falling out and i moved back to new york and after four years of living living back in new york i moved back here um and after we kind of rekindled our friendship and quelled everything. We had this kind of back and forth. We were talking on the phone. We were making plans to go hang out. And, um, you know, we were just saying how old we are now. Oh, at least I'm not, at least I'm not, you know, homeless. At least I'm not this. At least I'm not living on the street. At least I'm not addicted to crack or whatever. We were joking about it. I assure you the jokes were funnier than what I'm saying because what I'm saying is, Sounds, you know, not well, hilarious listen, at all. No, when you're when but, you're with um, close friends, you make, you know, we we make all these like off color jokes, and then you try to retell sure. retell them, and you're like, oh, you had to be there. Yeah, it's like, dude, I assure you, I was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, and then out of the blue, um, he says, "Well, at least I'm not a fucking nigger." And Ooh. I, it was, yeah, it was, it, it was, it's it's kind of crazy because I remember the feeling of like just my heart just kind of dropping even hearing that word and even hearing that word out loud yeah but the 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 weird thing about it was it was just sometimes you hear the word and it it comes in a passing of an explanation or sometimes you hear it and it's 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 a valid point or a reason or for something in a part of a story this was just it, it just felt it was really hard. It was really guttural. It just, it, you know, and I mean, it was with this guy who I was just rekindling my friendship with. So it uh, it really caught me off guard. And there was definitely a silence there. And uh, he was like, oh, hey, man, I didn't mean that. And I was like, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, and I let it I let it go. And I remember when I hung up the phone, I remember looking at the phone and knowing that this is this is never going to be the same. It's never going to be the same. Something happened. Something really wrong happened. Um, and again, um, I've been in I've been in the hardcore punk community for like shit, Jesus, twenty years. Um, so uh, you know, I can take a fucking joke. I I can. But that's you know, not, it, it, but that's and not again, a joke. I, again, that's, no, 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 that's no, 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 no. I, I, know? I know, I know. Obviously, it obviously, it, obviously, it is. But I'm I mean, just saying, involved... I'm in your corner. I'm ready to go to no, bed for you. <laughs> I know, and I appreciate, it. I appreciate. It. But when you're in like a subculture of music or a subculture of entertainment, like comedy, mm-hmm. you tend to get very thick skin. You tend to be able to take a joke, um, and you tend to go try to jump past the point where people are comfortable into an uncomfortable void. And that's cool for me. I think that's a great thing. This was, this is a very different thing. It's a very different thing. I think anybody in my situation would have been like, that's, that was pretty fucked up, you know? Yeah. And I was really, I was really mad at myself for a long time because um, 
yeah, I continued my friendship. It, we we really fell out of it and don't really talk anymore. But I uh, I I was mad at myself because I didn't want to lose him as a friend. Although I knew that he had gone too far and done something fucked up to me. Yeah, and I absolutely. was like, I have to lose this guy as a friend. I don't want to. But what he did doesn't constitute me keeping him in that inner circle. I mean, and at the time, I mean, there had been tons of fucked up things that have happened that he was privy to. Um, I was in Almonte in, uh, after a punk show and uh, this white dude and this Latino dude came up to my car, put a gun in my face and said they were going to kill me because niggers didn't belong in the neighborhood. And I haven't told that many people about that. But I certainly told him after it happened. And, you know, and you told you tell, him you, about this. Like I told him about I, I told him about it a, after it happened. I think he was back in my house after it happened. Okay. And when that happened, I mean, I was like I was like 24 when it happened. But I, I came back to my house and I was, you know, it's traumatized. Somebody of puts course. a gun in your face and says they're going to kill you. Um, so if he knew those stories about me, I, I, I it's it's you know, you kind of have to think about why somebody would say something like that to you oh so yeah i get what you're saying so he he knew all of these things he knew that you had been intimidated by the police and he still chose to say that to you and yeah the police the police and other and other races i mean that was i mean just random random two random people no i'm not pretending Um, that that's an isolated incident i'm just saying like he was aware of these things you know yeah and uh i'm just curious in that moment like when you were you didn't call it out and you said you were mad at yourself for a long time for not doing that. Um, did you just freeze? Were you just completely shocked? Yeah, I really, I really was. Um, I really was. It just kind of caught me off guard. It, 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 and that's the one thing it's like, you, I, I would think that with the background that I have in comedy and just ribbing and punk in general, that I would be able to roll with it. But it was, you know, it was just behind, behind the veil. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was in my it was in my court. So I was just like, Ugh. yeah, you know what it is? Actually, it's the same kind of thing where like you get really vulnerable with someone. You let your guard down and uh, then you're just not ready. So I've heard this a lot about abuse victims where sometimes when this abuse is happening, whether it's an assault or whatever's happening, they freeze. And they don't sure. do anything. And then they get sure. mad at themselves later for not fighting back or not right. saying something or that kind of thing. It, it sounds very similar where it's just like you had someone you trusted. You were in a safe space. Then they started doing something you didn't like. And you knew it was you were so shocked that you couldn't even fight back because, you know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a similar it, feeling. It, it was uh, it was definitely very shocking. Definitely very shocking. Yeah, I'm sorry that happened to you. I know that I don't need to apologize for him, but I just well, no, it I makes appreciate me it. Sad. It's, it's nice of you to say. I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I don't want to spend this whole podcast just sitting here apologizing to you on behalf of all white people. I don't think keep it up. For- <laughs> <laughs> or in, if you, hey, is that, is that what you'd like? Because I could just sit here and do that no, for, no, for a whole no, hour. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 talk about why we're all messed up, man. So, yeah. No. Well, this it. is part of the reason that that we're all <laughs> fucked up, dude. Like yeah. I, before we started recording today, I actually had to check in with Cash because I wasn't sure. I had an inkling that that you maybe had some sort of depression or anxiety because everyone mm-hmm. who does comedy has some sort of weirdness that draws them to that. But you always have put off this aura of just um you have such a a, a joyful presence about you oh thank you i guess and so it's easy to think when you see something like that on the outside that that maybe there aren't uh troubles going on in the inside but obviously that's not the case yeah no unfortunately not um i mean you know, uh, I don't know where to go with that. Of course, no, it wasn't a question. It was more, sorry, that wasn't even a question. It was more of an observation, honestly. No, I was um, thinking to myself, I was just like, do you just start to say why you're messed up? Do you know? Well, but I don't think, but that's, that, that, but even that response is kind of something that we all go through where it's just like, why am I this way? And ultimately, I think 
I think I think I have this reasoning in my head that tells me you don't need to ask why you are the way you are. You are the way you are and that's okay. Yes. But in order for you to kind of understand why you do the things that you do, you kind of need to get in better touch with yourself. How do you do that? It's just, it, it, it's real steps for me, you know? Um, it, I, um, it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I had a, uh, had a, I had a pretty decent upbringing, I think. My mom, my mom's fucking awesome. My mom is great. Yes. My mom H- is very, Hakima. very awesome. <laughs> Hakima, yeah. Hakima. Yes. Um, Hakima, shout out. Hi, mom. I know she's probably <laughs> listening to this, right? She, she's so proud of she you is. all the time. She's uh, really sweet. She's and, a little sweetheart. Yeah. I'm just curious. Like, I'm curious, was there a point in your life where, and maybe I'm diving in too deep, but I feel like I know you, so I'm allowed to no, just kind of go, ahead, go, go ahead. there. Yeah. but was there a point in your life where it was kind of a wake-up call I know this happened for me for sure with my anxiety where I was like oh oh I'm I'm not the same as other people I'm I'm different or I need to do something about this because I have some sort of problem or or my brain works differently did you have a moment like that in your childhood or in your early 20s or anything yeah yeah uh it's it's really odd because I think that I went into I got into very aggressive forms of art and entertainment, even though I was very, very sensitive. Okay. Um, I know that my father, my father's a, a, a drill sergeant for the Marines, or he was a drill sergeant for the Marines for 13 years. That was great. That was fun. Um, so he's also uh, an architect and an all around kind of, my dad's an my dad's an asshole for lack of a, <laughs> lack of better words. My dad's kind of a dick. Uh, I, I remember but, you telling me about him. Actually, I I do. Uh, yeah. Full disclosure: we were on a sketch team together for we years, yeah. and so I, I would hear the stories about <laughs> your dad. I do remember those stories. Yeah, so those stories also fueled comedy inside of me because it was just like, well, this guy is ridiculous. You have to live inside of living with this mean person. And so you take those experiences and then you laugh at them and then you create these mini stories and sketches in your head. And then years later, when you're on a sketch team, you start to write them <laughs> and then they, and then they come out pretty funny. Um, so I think that because it, it, it's weird, I was very sensitive and my mom uh, was uh, very receptive to that. My dad also got me into like arts when I was a kid. So I started sculpting and started painting and drawing a lot, but also always having this sensitivity being, you know, um, just being for lack of a better, uh, lack of a better word, I guess, delicate as a child, you know? Yeah. Um, so you, you were emotionally affected by all the things that were going on. At yeah. Home. But also very emotionally um, receptive. Mm. Um, so, I think that growing up, my mom, she had, she's changed over time. I think she was very passive, like, um, and focused on being a good, a good wife to a guy who was kind of a dick. And then as time changed, she and I helped each other as we were both growing. And then, you know, um, she would be annoyed or upset about something and I would come to her and tell her it's okay and that she's, it's okay to cry and it's okay to tell me about how she feels. And I can only imagine if you have, you know, an eight-year-old coming to you and telling you that, that it's just like, you know, you you build a kinship and you build a kind of thing where you both pull each other up. So I think over the years, my mom and I have definitely pulled each other up out of these feelings. And inside of that came some sort of semblance of mental health and mental responsibility to not only each other, but ourselves. So out of that, and, and weirdly enough, out of that sensitivity, I think that because I was so sensitive and so receptive to things when I got angry I got very 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 angry um and you know my, my father and the rest of my family put a lot of, of attention on my older brother because he had some problems and everybody focused on that so it was kind of really similar to like growing up a little invisible except to my mom so um in my youth in New York when I I just happened to go to a punk show with a friend of mine and didn't know anything about it and when I was there you know, I saw 
people slam dancing all over the place and just kind of going nuts and losing their minds. And something about that to me was just perfect. So I put everything I had into that. And then I was just, I was just in, in a punk for forever. I still am. I still listen to it constantly. Yes. Um, no, I've seen you play live and <laughs> it's, it's an experience. It's like fun. a great it's... experience. And um, it's so interesting to hear the more details about your childhood. You and mm -hmm. I have so much in common. I don't mm. know if you realize, I also grew up feeling a little bit invisible because my older brother also had a lot of problems. Right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And uh, I don't know if you know this about me, um, but my mom and my biological dad split when I was a baby. So okay. I was in a single parent home until I was about six. Okay. And so my mom and I had a very similar relationship. I had a memory that you reminded me of where she was sad a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. And sure. she asked me what I, she should do when she's sad. <laughs> and I was a little, little baby kid. I don't even know how old, very little, uh, under the age of five. And I told her my advice was for her to eat Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> and did she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I still, I mean, I eat chocolate when I'm sad. It's, it's not bad advice. <laughs> <laughs> that's great and there you go but that it's it that's really nice that's really that's really nice to have that have that um that kinship there and right, it's but important it, it's it's this bonding through uh like you you've gone through this trauma together sure. and, and then you're you're you and your mom kind of pulled each other together that way as well and absolutely that's absolutely. so interesting and i mean yeah feeling invisible as a child because all you want, you want to feel seen, you want to feel loved, mm -hmm. you want mm -hmm. to feel supported, you want to feel like uh, not only that people are proud of you, but also that they want to take care of you. And yes. maybe if if your older brother has all these problems they're focusing on, they're just putting all their nurturing onto him, right? Yeah, and you're just in the background. So then you get older and you realize how making somebody laugh might make you feel better. <laughs> and then you get involved in comedy. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. I just, that's, that makes a lot of sense. And with, so you're not still performing punk, but you have the punk spirit inside of you. It seems like. Sure. It Absolutely. Seems, it Absolutely. seems like somehow harnessing that anger is helpful for you in your expression and like in your art. I think so. Um, I, um, I am working on, I just finished a pilot and I'm working on a screenplay right now. And they both have, they both kind of, it's, it's weird. It's like you, along my life, I've definitely heard certain songs and I've felt certain things about those songs. And then that has made me think of a scene and then I'll write that scene down. And then I might write a pilot around that scene or write a movie around that one little thing but again a lot of that stuff is based on what you see what you hear what you do so a lot of that stuff for me comes from punk and i mean and even and even like these hardcore songs that i'm listening to that you know are fast paced and very very quick and very like to the point um i might write a really nurturing kind of sweet scene because yeah. of just how it kind of hits me in the head um but yeah it's 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 a really nice uh, kind what, of like a level to create from, I think. What was so you got you got into punk when you were like a teenager, basically? I was I was late. I was late into it. I think I got into it when I was like um, I think most people are like, oh, I was 14 when I heard that shit. Yeah. And no, I'm, I'm like, curious. I, I was like I was like 18, 19. OK. And <laughs> you know? what was do you remember who the first bands were that you were into or what the first show was like? Um, what kind of music? Which which bands? Well, I had, I, I was, I was in, I was like in my first year of college and a friend of mine played me a band called Reagan Youth and Reagan Youth had this album cover. It was like, uh, it's the album's called a collection of pop classics. And, um, the cover has, <laughs> the cover has four, uh, Klansmen standing there. 
What? And yeah, for the cover has four Klansmen standing. They have a they have a black drummer. Um, <laughs> I but, love how you put that as a. You're like they're allowed to do this, Katie. Yeah, no, no. The, well, that, that's the funny thing. When my friend told me, my friend showed me this record, and I was like, dude, what what is this? And he's like, just just listen to it. And I listened to it, and the whole album is based on irony about Reagan youth, about we are the Reagan youth. This is what the country is going to come to if you follow these steps. This is what we're heading towards. We are the Reagan youth and um, huh. about how society is going to be new Aryans. That's what then the, the song is called new Aryans, you know, and uh, uh, all these like all these songs and all of them were so fucking smart. They were so fucking smart and foretelling of what might come if you follow these. These um, tenants that the Republican administration was putting towards. Wow, this put, is, put, putting this on is so relevant. Yeah. So if you go back and you listen, if you, if you like, I, I, if you're listening to this, go back and look up Reagan Youth. Oh no, I'm gonna l- look them l- up. Listen, listen, listen to the, listen to the first record, yeah. and read the lyrics because it's very fucking foretelling of what the country is going through right now, about how it's a system of corrupt police and corrupt government officials and corrupt and a corrupt presidency that is based on um a based on uh, based on class and based on fascism and based on racism so i heard this when i was 18 and i read the lyrics and i was just like huh pretty fucking smart <laughs> you know and i i, I I, I was really, really, really into it. Reagan Youth was definitely one of the first ones I heard that that did it for me. And then I heard Minor Threat, and I liked Minor Threat a lot. What really changed for me was um, I was working at a cafe in Manhattan, and I remember I was going to go skating with a friend of mine, and I was waiting for another friend of mine to leave, leave his job. And uh, my buddy gives me this tape um, by this band called The Bad Brains. And it was uh, just it was just entitled Bad Brains, and, it, and the cover had a um, a picture of um, I think it's Capitol Hill in D.C. with a lightning bolt striking through it and breaking the building. Mm-hmm. And I hear it, I press play on my on my disc man, and I'm listening to it, and fuck, it's fast, it's fucking furious, it's just everything. And I was just like this is one of the best bands I ever fucking heard. And then I turn the, th- I turn the disc around and I look at the band and it's four black Rastafarian dudes. Heck yeah. And I was just like something inside of me. I will never forget that moment. Something inside of me was just like, you have to start a band tomorrow or today or right fucking now. You have to do this right now. Cause if they can do it, you can do it. And that's a nice thing where you see someone who looks like you does does this thing that you thought you were so separated from, but then you realized it's already integral inside of you. So when I saw when I saw who the bad brains were, that changed my life. It changed my life completely. Like that day was just like everything's different now. And it was fucking awesome. I remember I started a band started a band, uh I started looking for people uh that night. And that was that for, night. I started, that's amazing. I, started, I went to a show and I was trying to find people to start a band. And uh, yeah, that was that was definitely the creative catalyst as far as like performing in front of people. And was that the band Bad Reaction? Am I remembering uh, no, that? Uh, oh, yeah. No, uh, that was a different band that was in New York. Uh, okay. After after a certain amount of time, I had just listened to a lot of West Coast hardcore like Black Flag and The Adolescents. And um I, uh, one of my, one of my friends from New York was going to move out to California and I'd never been here before. So he told me he was going to move in a couple of weeks. I saved, I had three jobs at the time. I saved $6,000 and I moved here. Wow. <laughs> and I'd never been here before. And I was just like, well, black flags from LA. I'll just move there. <laughs> so, so I moved. Yeah, it was it was a good instinct. And the crazy <laughs> thing is, like, so many things could have gone wrong. <laughs> so many things could have gone wrong. And I, you know, whatever. I've, I've been I've been in some bad situations, but I, I, you know, I'm I'm still here, and that's cool. So, um, then I moved here, and I think the first week we were here, we found jobs, and the second week we were here, we found a place to live. 
we were staying with a friend of his he knew from college and um then i started uh, a band called bad reaction and we were around for about nine years and toured and put out a couple of records and it was great yeah. it was a hell of a thing it was a really really uh it was a great time but yeah um reagan youth and uh bad brains were the catalysts for that yes well that's really cool i'm uh i'm gonna put i'm gonna find those things and put them mm-hmm. in the episode guide on, oh, good. on the website so uh yeah for any of our listeners just go to cryingbehindpod.com and there will be we will find this reagan youth thing <laughs> <laughs> i'm really excited like i almost want to hang up and go listen now because i'm like wow they were prophesied prophets they're prophesizing yeah. Yeah. uh great bands great and, bands but, but again, I mean, there's irony inside of that. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, in, in, I also was excited about how, how it, it, it was very unapologetic about what it was putting forward. If you're going to yes. make a record, I mean, you're going to have Ford Klansman on the front of it. Ooh. But meanwhile, you're not a white power band. And, and that's the really interesting thing. It's like, you're, you're, you're not about, in a world of, of what we do, where we're promoting stuff and trying to get people to come to shows and trying to get people to produce our shows and, and, and make our TV programs and, you know, shoot our movies and stuff like that. In a world of that, where you come from a place where you you don't care is really fun. Yes. It's no, a it's really, actually, really fun way to be. I would say for me in my life, once I stopped giving a fuck, that, mm-hmm. that was the the door opening to me sure. actually being able to create things that people like. Right. <laughs> right. And that's the cool thing. And inside of that rage is really is, is happiness. Yeah. And also I would say that them putting those Klansmen on the cover of their album, that's them taking the power back. They're saying, yeah. fuck you. You want to say that's a symbol against us. We're going to take it and we're going to use it against you or we're right. going to own it. It's a mirror. It's a mirror of what you are. Yeah, and, like, and that's that was that was a really great thing. Yeah, yeah, because I've I've seen that with feminism, like women kind of trying to own the word bitch or trying to yeah. own the the c word, which I don't like saying out loud. Uh, <laughs> just I don't even like it. But people you, you, will take you, it. You, you would hate living in Australia. I know. Well, <laughs> I listen. If it's part of your culture. I don't know. I got to hear the context. Yeah. I got to hear the context. But I'm just saying, I've seen women do that too, where we take these things sure. and we we turn it on its head. Or uh, I remember when Trump was first elected, there were all these things about when he said, grab him by the pussy, that people mm-hmm. were like, no, we're grabbing our own pussies. We got pussy power. We're this, we're that. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah, ladies, let's yeah. go for it. So it's, I think, similar uh when someone tries to hold you down the you you gotta fight back yeah absolutely absolutely and um um, yeah and and also the reason i was so interested in the punk thing and the anger thing is i feel like it can be connected to just uh a general sense of rebellion sometimes or And, and where is that instinct, right? Where is that instinct for us to rebel? It's because something in our childhood was not the way we wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah. Something just <laughs> made you feel less than, something made you feel weird. And then, you know, it's it's tricky to try and get it into uh, a place of creativity. Yeah. Did I just and hear by, your and, dog, by the way? Is that HR? Yeah, you did. Yeah, it was HR. Yeah. How, how's he doing? old how old <laughs> he's 15 now oh. yeah it's actually a little mm, he's got do- he's got dementia no yeah <laughs> he's got dog dementia so which is crazy because dog dogs can get dementia so i didn't know that. i didn't know is, that but. is he a happy kind of dementia or a sad kind of dementia he he, he walks the line <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's it, it depends he's he, uh, my wife and i look at him as a very grumpy roommate yeah. 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 Your wife. That's right. That was actually going to be a question of mine. So I'm oh, yeah. I got allow married. you to say, I know you did. And I couldn't <laughs> go because it was like right when COVID was hitting. Yeah. Uh, we, and- we, uh, my wife, uh, Maria Felix and I, we, uh, we got married on March 14th, which and was awesome. Yeah. So question. Yeah. About, uh, 
a few questions. Sure. Because I know you guys are fabulous together. I don't even need to ask you why you married her. I think she's a fabulous <laughs> human being. That she, is not my question. Self-explanatory. She's awesome. Well, yeah. You guys are just so great together. It's so beautiful. Uh, uh, but I want to know, how does your relationship change? Or how does your like a feeling of the relationship change at all, if at all, once you have that marriage? Does, did it change your view or the way that you interact with each other? Because you're so fresh in it now. It's the only, the, the big thing is what I just did, seeing my wife, which is kind of cool. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's not kind of cool. It's awesome. It's How very it, cool. It, so it makes you feel really good to say that? Yeah. I think I was on the phone with my agent and he said something and I was like, oh, my wife's blah, blah, blah. And it was like the first time I said it, we both looked at each other like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> we got married. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, it, we were trying to get this whole thing done and we had our honeymoon planned. We were going to go to Paris and um, it was really interesting because, well, the, the first thing is, is like Maria's fantastic. She's just fucking, she's, she's, <laughs> yes. she's great. She's really, really wonderful. Yeah. And um, yeah, you got lucky. I mean, I really that, did. I mean, I hate to say you got lucky because I feel like you found each other. You're both lucky, but yeah. And yeah. I think that I think that both of us, we I mean, you remember when I was on a sketch team with you, I was just like <laughs> people were getting married and I was like, yeah, congratulations. No, but at the I, same I time, I was just like. I remember your Tinder profile picture. Do you remember <laughs> there was a photo of you that you used to have like in a kiddie pool? Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, wait. I, I, was, like I, was, big... I was completely naked in a kiddie pool um, with, a, with a big black bar over where my privates would be. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I didn't care. I just didn't. But at, but, at the same time, I, I think that when Maria and I were, were were talking and we started to really fall in love with each other, both of us were scared because we didn't want we didn't want to be in relationships because neither of us really believed them, believed in them working. So to come to that place where you see this thing that you didn't think existed coming to fruition, it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> holy shit, this is real. <laughs> it's like, you know, and you and you you live in that, you live in being scared and ha very pleasantly surprised when you think things are going to go wrong and you've got this person telling you and showing you that things aren't going wrong. And that's really cool. And that I did not expect. And because of that, when this whole COVID thing started happening, when we lost, um, when we lost the honeymoon, when we lost the possible location for the wedding, when we lost where we were like gonna try and have, um, like the the dinner, all these things started closing. We focused on each other, and we more than anything just wanted to get married. Like if we waited. I think we would both just be bummed out. But the fact that we got married and then everything started happening, we were really lucky. Yes, absolutely. Really, really lucky. Um, and it's nice. It's fucking cool. I'm, I am, I'm a husband. You're a husband. <laughs> Look at you husbanding yeah. yourself up. Look at you. Yeah, it's cool. I like, You're... I like, I try to be a good one. Do you feel, do you cool. feel grown now? Do you feel like more of an adult no, I feel like we are two children who make jokes and live in a house together. I feel like I feel like we're too. <laughs> I feel like we're too, we're too. Uh, yeah, I just feel like we're two children making jokes this entire time, and we just really love each other a lot. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, it's so cool. it's like you have you you give each other permission to just be kids. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to put on this whole front of adulting or filtering yourself or being serious yeah. we pay bills <laughs> we do well, we gotta do yeah you know but yeah. it's cool it's like a friend of mine was asking me he's like what's the what's the key to a um a good marriage because it looks like you have one i was like you just got to find somebody to hate stuff with uh, find a common en enemy yeah, yeah just find somebody who you can hate things with like i hate this thing yeah baby i hate the thing too <laughs> <laughs> this sucks yeah that sucks this guy's lame. That guy's lame. And then you look back and you're like, you're all right. 
<laughs> I love you. That's that's you know what? That's a really good piece of advice because yeah. I've got I've gotten into fights with past partners before mm-hmm. where like I'll come home from a thing, whether it's a friend who disagreed with me or a boss that treated me badly or whatever, and I'm like, I'm mad about this, da 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 da. And then they take the other person's side. Mm-mm. And I'm like, excuse Mm-mm. me, I don't care if I'm clearly wrong. You need to be mad with me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. Uh, Maria could have the worst habit in the world. And I'll be like, that is the coolest fucking thing in the world because I love you. And it's not me <laughs> being like jumping on that side. I genuinely think that she is wonderful. And if she's doing something, then there's got to be something wonderful about it. You know? <laughs> She's that like just makes, setting things on fire, and you're yeah. like, "Well, maybe and I'm she like, has yeah. a point." I'm like, "That shit had to burn." <laughs> makes sense to me. <laughs> That's love. That's that love. is love. It's very cool. That's like it's an anarchist cool. definition of love, and I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's really cool. Is she in the room? She's in the back. I think she's working. Uh, I think she's doing some research for. Yeah, her we're doing the, By we're the way, going- listen. Listen to uh, listen to Bloody Podcast with uh, Maria Felix and Lori Roggenkamp. It is a hell of a show. I'm on there as a semi permanent resident, and they do they they discuss uh, female uh, female driven murder and crime. Ooh, yes, yeah. that is very much in my wheelhouse and in the wheelhouse of anybody listening to this show. Because oh yeah, it so. absolutely it really is awesome. Bloody Podcast. It's wherever podcasts are played. That is like a good. <laughs> It's a good Venn diagram. I like things that are female fronted and mm-hmm. I like weird true crime or murder or horror things. Yeah, yeah. So that's like a good that's a good intersection for me. Yeah, it's a fun show. They they do a great job. It's in and, and I just get to be there once in a while and I'll just be on the show and I'll do a voice. For a Perfect. Character. Um, what a so, yeah. supportive, what a husband. Uh, first time I've <laughs> been called that, but really, see if, yeah. I mean, well, it, this whole thing's new. We, I know, we, like, we got married and we haven't seen anybody. That's right. Only you can't seen, go out, you can't parade yeah. her around like you should. We have, we got married, and I think the only people that we've seen have been our parents multiple times, and they're just like, you guys are married, and we're like, we know. so that's pretty much it yeah yeah Yeah. well i guess whatever this is over it doesn't seem like anytime soon but i hope that you are able to do some sort of actual party i know you guys well i know we're gonna have like we're gonna have like a ceremony thing it's gonna be fun and we're all gonna get wasted and you're gonna be there and half the people listening are gonna be there and we're gonna get shit faced it's gonna be great I love that. Yeah. yeah, And I love the attitude as well, because I have other friends who have had to either postpone or cancel weddings during COVID. And the fact that you all still decided to do it um, really, I think everyone has their own personal choices, right? Some couples Mm -hmm. are like, we don't want to do it. We don't even want to get married unless we can do it our way. Right. But there is something really beautiful about the fact that you two are just like, no, we really want to be with each other. We really want to be married, even if it's not exactly what we originally planned we care about each other we care about this yeah we just want to do this thing we just want to be married right and yeah and it's nice i'm very happy and how is the core like it it, it must be kind of nice in a way that you're newlyweds and even though you didn't get to go on a honeymoon you are just like spending a ton of time together it's awesome it's awesome it's 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 pretty great we um well the, the thing is Maria is also a comedian, so when she's not doing shows or putting shows on, or, or she's also a coordinator over at Viacom, so she does a lot of stuff with Comedy Central and Nickelodeon. So when she's, when before this whole thing happened, when she would be really busy doing all these things, and I would have my shows, and I would have my other uh, sketch stuff and movie shit and TV stuff, so we would have these schedules where we would only be able to see each other for a certain amount of time. So it's kind of a blessing in disguise for us because we now we just get to see each other, and it's been great. Um, it's been awesome. We're we're um, I'm doing a lot of sculpting. She's doing a lot of painting. She's doing a lot of sculpting too. Um, so did you get her into that? Um, no, I think I think that she 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 did her own thing. She she um huh. she made a company called Tiny uh, Tiny Pink Heart Company, and she started doing a lot of like um polymer clay and resin stuff and 
she's making a lot of, a lot of just really cool stuff and I'm doing toy design and, and, uh, it's going great. Um, so you're just having, I feel like, I feel like I'm promoting all of her stuff, by the way, go check out, go check out tiny pink card company. (laughs) It's It's on Instagram. It's on Instagram. It's stuff. It's great. It's very hey, affordable. Listen, I don't have I, this podcast is not yet sponsored. We don't have ads yet. So if, if if you want to be doing the ads for your own things, I'm not here to stop you because you actually came to talk to me today. The least I could do is let you talk about your things that you want to talk about. Guys, uh, you want to build a website because Squarespace is really got you. Cut. Also, no, do you need a mattress because Casper mattresses? No, just kidding. Also, uh, stamps.com. Also, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. No, well, if I think that what I would want for this podcast, actually, which maybe if I say it out loud, it'll happen, is yeah. for those therapy websites like BetterHelp, Talkspace, or even meditation apps like Headspace or Insight Timer. Um, those are the kind of places where I'm kind of pursuing to have them sponsor because they would give discounts or actual things to the listeners that they need such as like therapy or meditation and i'm like yes please i think that's a good match i think that makes sense so if you're listening out there yeah (laughs) keep saying it out loud keep saying it out loud it'll it'll, uh, it'll come to fruition do you do you believe in manifesting do you believe in that stuff or is that white people dumb woo woo shit no i think manifesting what you want makes sense it's uh i think the difference between the foo-foo shit and the real shit is preaching um if you want something to happen and you do your best to make it happen that seems like a a logical sense to build a manifestation but if you go on instagram or facebook and preach about manifesting things when you don't do it yourself i feel like that's the that's that's the point so that's the point where exactly don't you know don't just uh, don't just say it. See it. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I think that I'm I'm a get shit done kind of gal. You there know you that about me. Yeah. Uh, I don't like to uh, do that where it's like, but I have been guilty of that in the past where you talk about something and it sounds great. Like it oh, sounds sure. it sounds really awesome to to be in this enlightened state or to. Uh, kind of use the secret to make your life a better thing or the power of now or this or that. But it's like, yes, mm-hmm. you can preach those things. You can say, I listen to all these different podcasts or I read all these books and I'm applying these things. But then if there's no action moving forward in your life and all you're doing is sitting in this, this loop of self-helpery. Yeah. Right. And you're not yeah. actually applying it to your life. Yeah. Then, yeah. That would be kind of, it's not helpful, but I, it yeah. might, I guess what I'm talking out right now is that that might've been part of my process was to just talk about it for a while and think about it for a while before I was brave enough to apply those things. Well, it's a similar, it's a similar thing with like writing projects. You know, you talk about a pilot idea for five years and <laughs> then you sit down and you write it. And when you're done with it, you're just like, oh shit, I just fucking did it. You know, it's, yeah. it's you, you're ready when you're ready. But that's the other thing too. You, you knowing that, not coming down to yourself for saying, "Oh man, I waited too long," or "Oh, I'm not this way," or "Oh man, I'm I'm not I'm not whatever." Like you're not. If you if if you are in fact not whatever at that moment, you're gonna get to where you gotta go. Maybe you're not there right now because you need to get this one tool for you to do this thing better than you would have expected. So. I think that there's also a manifestation when it comes to um, self-help or self-care. So just, just, just forgive yourself, man. You know, just, just, it's okay. You know, if you're listening to this, dude, you're okay. You're fine. You really are. Yeah. You didn't get that thing. Yeah. That thing's not done. Or yeah. You're not feeling this way yet. You will. And you're cool. Don't worry about it. You're all right. I feel like you just gave me and everyone a virtual hug. Yeah. Just a virtual hot <laughs> cup of tea. You're fine. You're okay. Yeah. You, and But that's the thing. You really are. I, yeah. I, 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 I swear to you. I swear to you that you are okay. You really are. 
You don't it's, it's know fine. that, Cash. You don't I know do. my life. How do, dare you? How dare you tell me that I'm okay? I would like to hold on to not being okay. How dare you? Okay, I'm that's mad cool. now. No, I'm not mad. <laughs> See, even if somebody told me that, I'd be like, all right, cool. That's cool. <laughs> nice. How nice. mad are you? <laughs> <laughs> you want to go write a song about it? Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Have you heard this band? And they'll be like, <laughs> fucking <"Rah." laughs> And that and that'll ultimately help. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I, that's usually what I tell people like, have you been to therapy by the way? I didn't ask you that. I am currently in therapy and I love my therapist. Yeah. I love my therapist. Actually, it's funny. I just got a message from my therapist asking me how it's going. Um I, I love that. Yeah. I think ther- therapy is like uh Therapy is like having a bank account. Uh, you know, it's like if you don't have one, you you should probably get one because it would really help everything. Yeah, no, I I, I, <laughs> I agree. I agree because I tell people, people are like, oh, I don't need therapy. I'm not that fucked up. It's like, no, you might not be fucked up, but part of your job as an adult or as a person who's evolving in this world is to understand where you came from, what happened to you and how it affects you, what your behaviors are, how you can be better. And a lot of that, you can't really just do that on your own. You got to have someone else who's trained to to hold your hand through that. And when you were talking about, it's not too late, you're okay. You can start today. That's kind of what I tell people when they ask me about therapy. It's like, yeah, you can start when you're 80 years old. You can start. You will still benefit. You yeah. will not. It's not like you're going to walk into that room or I guess uh, log on to that virtual video call because that's how it goes now for COVID. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, but it's not like you're ever going to start a conversation with a therapist and they're going to be like shaming you like, oh, you didn't yeah. come in. You didn't come in earlier. You're a bad person. They're just like, hi. Yeah. How are you? Let uh, my- me help. One big thing that my therapist told me that I really hung on to, I, I told her I was I was um, I was up for a possible project that I didn't get. And I was I guess I was in the running. I was in the running for it. And I was close. And I told her I was like, I'm worried about this thing. I'm worried about I think I'm too old. I think I'm too I think I'm too old. I think I'm too fat. I think I'm too. I think I'm not tall enough. Think whatever, anything I could have said. <laughs> you know, I, think I'm, I, think I'm, I think I'm this. All that negative uh, self-talk, yeah. All the all that negative stuff. At the time, it was just about being too old, and I was like, I think I'm too old to play this part. I don't think it's going to happen. And she said, you know, no matter what age you are, you're always going to look back and wish you were that age. Hmm. And I was like, oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, I was like, that's totally true. So, well, except, for, except for being 14. Fuck that year. That was okay. a bad year okay, of my life. 14. I don't, I don't okay. wish that upon anyone. Eighth grade. Okay. Oh, yeah. Eighth grade's rough. That's rough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah no, that's, that's the, a good sentiment. Yeah, because I think that especially uh, for comedians, there's like, you know, I've been doing improv for 10 years and I want to do stand up but i'm 35 or i want to start to do improv but i'm 40 or uh, i want to do this or that but i'm this age it's like no matter what age you are you're always and there's always going to be some point where you're a little older and you wish you were that age and able to do this thing that you think you can't do you can do it yeah like you can like, totally do it like starting a tiktok starting a podcast Anything. starting a whatever it is yeah. just do it you but the thing is you just give yourself permission yeah. To do it. You can. And that's pretty much what she told me. And in this case, I didn't get the, didn't get the thing. But sure enough, like a day later, I got a different thing. And I was like, okay, cool. I am going to give myself permission to fucking get this thing. And um, I think that therapy is it's, it's good. It's just really good. I was in, I was in some bad relationships before. Um, Maria and I found each other and I was only able to really stop lamenting and hating after being in therapy. Um, and I think I knew when I got out of those bad relationships, I was like, you know, I think that leaving those relationships was like, it was like one of those war movies when you see somebody who's completely shot up and they get in the helicopter and it's going, it's flying away and they're like barely hanging on. They're like, I just made it out. I I, I just, I just got out. I just got out. It's fine. Like your leg is missing. I'll worry about it later. (laughs) 
know? So when you go to therapy, you're able to address the missing leg. Yes. That, yeah. that is very true. I, I know that feel. Uh, I yeah. know it all too well where you just, you're like, I escaped with my life intact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I'm missing a leg, it's fine. At least I'm not in that war zone anymore. Exactly. Just get to the fucking chopper. Get to the chopper. <laughs> Anyone out there in a bad relationship, Get to the chopper. Yeah, absolutely. Get to the chopper. That was a really bad Arnold Schwarzenegger. I thought it was perfect. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So we're coming up on uh, a little bit like towards the end of the podcast. And uh, at the end of the episode, I like to ask my guests for a hot tip, like hot tips, hot tips, hot tips about uh, if you have a bad day. Which uh-huh. happens to everyone, uh, like that time that you didn't get the part that you wanted, mm-hmm. uh, or if HR is being a moody little bee. That's every day. Uh, that's every day. Okay. <laughs> so when you get frustrated, when you're upset, what is the thing that you do? Is it a, a piece of music or food or an animal or your wife or, or a TV show, something that lifts your spirits? I will sculpt. We have our house set up, so we have um, an extra room in the back that we call the lab where we do a lot of um, uh, shooting and a lot of like uh, auditions and a lot of podcast stuff. And that's where I have my toy, uh, my toy lab set up. And I will I'll just kind of sit there. I'll put something on in the background and I'll sculpt. And I don't think you have to have a background to sculpt or a background to paint or a background to draw. I think that maybe just having some nice music on in the background or even watching a TV show while you're doing something, just kind of creating something can kind of transfer this negative energy that the world has kind of thrust upon you into something new and into that new thing. Uh, um, you're kind of putting some positive energy into, and that's all you can get kind of get out of anything you put positive energy into. So I guess that's my answer. Yeah, no, I sp- I spring it on you, and that's on me. But no, that's I cool. That's- I, I think art art is uh, art's art's massive, man. Yeah, and it is, and the sculpting and the tactile, tangible nature of making something with your hands mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. has to be so therapeutic as well. Yeah, for you. Yeah, and uh, um, some friends of mine have told me that I, I've told that to people before, and they're like, "Well, I can't sculpt, or I can't do this or that," and Art's like art is uh, it's really malleable to to experience. So it's like it's like a guitar, man. It's like if you pick up a guitar for the first time and play it, yeah, you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna fucking bust out Jimi Hendrix, but if you keep doing it, you'll eventually get there. Or yes. the same thing, the same thing with math. You know, the first time you do math, they're like complicated, um, I don't know, cal- cal- calculus. You, you, The more you do it, the better you're going to be. So yeah. if you're not good at it now, just keep just keep doing it. Well, if you like even it. I would argue doing bad art is therapeutic. Drawing and allowing yourself to draw, quote unquote, badly right. is therapeutic. I um, have been playing guitar on and off since high school. Clearly not very serious about it, but mm-hmm. I have one and I play it. And uh, I kind of revisited that during quarantine and... I've found it to be a very nice release because good. it's the one form of art that I'm not trying to be good at. <laughs> right. And inside of that, maybe you'll fucking be pretty great. You never know. Maybe. Yeah. But if you, I find a joy in it. There's like a plain playful playfulness about it. Oh, good. And that's all that really matters. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for being here, Cash. This is such a fun time talking to you. And yeah, dude, no I know we went over a lot of difficult topics and it's a weird time. Um, do you have any like last words for anybody out there, especially black listeners, black people, especially like how they can take care of their mental health during this time? Like what's the best thing on a day-to-day basis? I think uh, deleting your Facebook for a while or deleting your uh, social media accounts for a couple days at a time can help. I mean, you got to pay attention to the news obviously, but sometimes the commentary, um, can be a bit much and i learned that from maria maria told me she was like just delete it for a day or two and i did i deleted my facebook for two days and i gotta tell you i felt pretty fucking good it was uh, it it was pretty awesome i mean don't get me wrong i turned it back on (laughs) and um and you know got mad but uh allow yourself some separation from what's happening because um 
Because you can. Because you fucking can. Because it's a choice. And, 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 and for a while, I felt responsible, and I was like, I can't turn this off. You fucking should. Because you deserve a goddamn break. And yes. give yourself that break. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Give yourself a break and let other people like me get out there and do that fucking fighting for you yeah. sometimes. Give yourself some time. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. And um, I guess that's all. That's all. You're goddamn right. That's all. No, I'm kidding, guys. We, <laughs> thank you. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bring you back. There, Good. There, you should. There, yeah. I'd love to go uh, back. Duh. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that it made you feel a little bit less alone in this isolated world we are still living in, at least in America. Uh, some details about this episode are going to be in the description, but if you want to check out the episode guide on cryingbehindpod.com, there will be a full list of all the different bands that Cash mentioned, or at least as many as I could catch, as well as resources for Black mental health, regular mental health, all the things. Uh, you can check out Cash, his toy designs, and his comedy on Instagram at hashtag #cashtag, And I've been your host, Katie Dahl, at Katie Dahl on all the things. And a huge thank you also to those of you who have rated and reviewed this podcast on iTunes. It really means a lot to me because every single one of those positive reviews means that this show and this message gets to get out to more people. And that's always been my intention with this podcast with Crying Behind Sunglasses is to make as many people as possible feel better about their mental health issues. And so, yeah, every single review helps with that. And please just keep it up. I appreciate it. If you want to subscribe, review, rate, or share this with a friend who might enjoy it, that'd be awesome. Uh, or don't. Just live your life. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's all for today. Next time you're sad, just... Uh, Throw on your sunglasses, take a walk outside, take a breath of fresh air, and stay cool, stay present, stay sunny. Yep, here, right here.